Welcome to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez, the pastor of Vida Church in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Subscribe to Can I Get an Amen at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com or wherever you're listening. This is Can I Get an Amen, the interview edition. I am your humble host, Herson Gonzalez, and I, um, I, my sister Serenus was listening to one of my previous uh, podcasts. She heard me refer to myself as your very humble host, and uh, we were recently together for my father's 80th celebration, and the entire time we were together, I was sarcastically called the humble host, uh, meaning that my brothers, my lovely brothers, don't see me quite as humble as I would like to think that I am. (laughs) But nonetheless, this is your humble host, and this is Can I Get an Amen? Amen. If you want to contact me, you can do so on Facebook, Bishop Herson Gonzalez, or you can send me an email, bhg at vida.church. From time to time, I'm going to be interviewing preacher friends of mine, pastors who I admire and uh, happen to be some of my favorite preachers. And uh, I'm super excited that today I get to speak to uh, our first guest, uh, Eric Fontanes. He's an international preacher, prophet, and uh, he also pastored for a while in New Jersey and happens to be one of my favorite preachers. Uh, always has something relevant to say, something powerful to share. And I'm super, super excited that he is my first guest. Without further ado, let's get into our topic today. What does it take to be a good preacher? It doesn't take long for you to identify that you're in the presence of a good preacher. It takes even less time to identify a bad preacher when you hear it, I'm telling you. Today, I want to share four things, four characteristics, qualities that good preachers have in common. Number one is accuracy. I think you have to have that veracity, that accuracy. This is one of the most crucial qualities of good preaching. Without accuracy, your preaching isn't faithful. It may attract a crowd to be hyperbolic and to say outlandish things and to, and to be at the cutting edge, the forefront of, of you know, hot topics. And, and you can say things that, that, that are outlandish and get people surprised. I, I, I've used some of those uh, tactics in the past. I still do sometimes. But I've got to make sure that whatever I'm saying is accurate and consistent with the word. Right? Christian preaching must first be all true. I mean, true to the text, true to the whole counsel of God, true in whatever else you say or you cite, you got to be true to the word. You know, you might find a, a young preacher, a seminary student, or a, a, a lay elder, uh, a new pastor. They might not be the most comfortable in front of an audience. They may not have the gift to draw people in uh, the way seasoned preachers do. But but if you have someone that is true to the word, that is that is that is got that veracity, that accuracy, then you've got a good preacher in the making. I'm going to believe anyway, and I'm going to have faith 
anyway. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And old Job got to that point and he had a full faith. He looked out and everything that he had had been taken away from him. And even his wife said to him, now, what you ought to do, brother Job, is to curse God and die. God has been unkind to you. You should have let God know a long time ago that you would only follow him if he allowed you to stay rich. If he allowed your cattle to stay in place, you ought to curse him and die. Job, because he hadn't treated you right. But Job said, honey, I'm sorry, but my faith is deeper than that. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. My faith is a full faith. And this is the essence of life and religion. The question is whether you have an if faith or whether you have a though faith. Number two. A good preacher is clear. You got that clarity. Truth is the most important thing. But if you say the truth in a way that people can't understand you, (laughs) it's not much of worth, right? Clarity means that, that we pay attention to the structure, to the flow, to the pace, to the length of our sermon. Clarity doesn't mean that the congregation has to remember all three points, but they should know at the very least what the text says, what God is trying to say. Um, Not just know the truth, but hear it in a very clear and compelling way. If your pastor is true and clear, man, you ought to rejoice because you have more than a lot of congregations have. Write this down. God will promote you to the level of your tolerance of pain. God will promote you to the level of your tolerance of pain. At the point that you can't handle pain, you lose the promotion. He promotes you to the level of your tolerance of pain. You can't take it, you can't be promoted. You can't handle it, you're too sensitive, you can't have it. In the corporate world, the people who get the big bucks are paid to handle problems. You can't be an executive and you can't handle stress. You can't be a manager and your feelings are sensitive. You can't run a corporation and you can't handle problems. We don't put you in a corporate office to overview in the city with glass all around you not to handle problems. We gave you that so that you could process the problem. The big bucks go to problem handlers, people who can solve it, people who can make it happen, people who can get it done. The less you have to be responsible for, the smaller the compensation. The greater you have to deal with, the more they're paying you. They're paying you to deal with problems, issues, and circumstances. And there's nothing worse than putting a little person in a big position. You have been conditioned to think like a chicken. You can't fly like an eagle. You can get the degree like an eagle. You may even get the office and the job like an eagle, but you're gonna always mess it up and fall back down from your promotion because you don't have the attitude. You've got the degree, but you don't have the attitude. You're pretty enough to be a wife, but you don't have the attitude. You look like a great woman, but you don't have the attitude. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying? 
cannot hold on to your history and have your hands out for your destiny. Help me preach this morning. Number three, authority. This quality is easily abused. But without it, we're left with fine-sounding lectures. Remember, what surprised the crowds most about Jesus' teaching was that he spoke with authority. Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 to 29. So good preaching sounds forth a certain power. Not because the preacher is infallible, but because God speaks through him or her, making claims on people's lives, declaring the truth with boldness, taking courageous stands where other people may cower and fear. Have that authority. Speak what God is saying. Be unapologetic if you've got the first two. If you know that you're being truthful to the word, you're accurate, and you've got clarity, you can speak with authority. Judgment is coming. You're going too far. There's a point beyond which the patience of God will not go. There's a line drawn among nations and among individuals and in families and in communities. Keep on plowing your iniquity. Keep on sowing your wickedness. You're going to someday reap it. Don't you think God's given up and God's abdicated and God's left the throne? He hasn't. He's still on the throne. And those of us that know him put our trust in him and him alone. I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. And we have an assurance of the future to come. Number four, authenticity. This is the hardest quality to describe, and it takes the longest to acquire. I'm not usually a fan of buzzwords like authenticity, but I use it here as a blanket to cover a number of ideas. Does your unique personality come through in your preaching? Are you comfortable in your own skin while you're standing there delivering the word of God? Do you have a connection with the congregation? You can feel that within the first few moments. Does your preaching sound like someone talking about the gospel or calling people believing the gospel? Are you an advocate for Christ or a witness to Christ? I think to borrow the phrase of John Murphy, we have to be personal, passionate, pleading. You have to have that in your preaching. And since they didn't believe, they were trying to get him to perform. Anytime you have unbelief in your heart, it will cause you to try to perform to prove something that you don't really believe. In psychological terms, it's called the fraudulence complex, or some call it the imposter syndrome. And it speaks about how many of us have an inability to internalize our strengths and our accomplishments. Psychologists call it the imposter syndrome because they say that many of us secretly, deep down, feel like we're a fraud. Many of us secretly, deep down, feel like we have so much less to offer than what people expect. 
and that even when people compliment us, we figure that the reason that they're complimenting us is because they don't really see us for who we are. And if they ever saw us for who we are, if they ever saw how stupid we feel, if they ever saw how inexperienced we feel, if they really saw how nervous we really feel, they would kick us out the room. Hey, I want to thank my brothers today, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Bishop T.D. Jakes, the great pastor Billy Graham, America's pastor, and the new America's pastor, Stephen Furtick. Uh, thank you so much, fellas, for helping me illustrate today's topic. It is time for a new segment, first time ever, my first guest ever, my dear friend, Prophet Eric Fontanes. This is Can I Get an Amen? And I'm so excited to have my very first guest, uh, one of my favorite preachers. He came uh, as a substitute to my church. Uh, somebody was supposed to come. They said, hey, I can't make it, but I have this guy for you. And on his word, I took him, and my life has never been the same. Uh, I want to introduce to some and reintroduce to others my dear friend, Prophet Eric Fontanes. What's going on, Eric? How you doing, Bishop? God bless you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on, man. Listen, I know that you're on your way. You're in a car. You are moving. You're transit. Uh, but let me let me ask you a couple of questions. This this podcast today is about preaching. It's about good preaching. It's about setting up uh, uh, folks. So 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 I figured I'd have one of my best preachers, uh, my favorite preachers. I appreciate on. that. <laughs> and I mean it, man. Every time I've heard you, you have been a blessing to my life. And you always have something fresh. I sometimes think that it's a conspiracy, man. Some of you guys, it's like you guys have a different Bible you're reading from, man. You say things that I never saw. And then when you say it, I'm like, oh, my God, that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's a lot of fun to hear you preach. You're one of those guys that, that always makes me think, always challenges me, and always blesses me. So I'm glad you're here. Hey, man, thank you. Thank you for having me, Bishop. That's hey, so when did you know you wanted to be a preacher? Um... I mean, I, I, I never thought I would be preaching. Uh, I guess just my development in the local church and God speaking to, to me through other men of God and kind of led me to that I had a ministry. I didn't know what the ministry was. And I basically just started, you know, seeking God, reading the word. And, but I never thought I'd be preaching like I'm doing now. Actually, I, I started in the Spanish church. I struggled with the language for a little bit. Um, but then I actually uh, started preaching. And it's funny because the first time my pastor put me to preach, um, you know, he said this like, you know, openly like, oh, you know, he's good, you know, for Thursdays, you know, he, <laughs> I don't think he ever make it to a Sunday. You know? Wow. Uh, he just like that. Um, you know, I didn't take it personal. I knew he was, you know, messing around. That's how he was. Uh, but I actually preached with notes that day because I remember I didn't want to mispronounce any words or say anything wrong. So this was your first sermon? This was my first sermon, right? What was first it? First sermon. Was it good? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> oh, so that's what he said after you preached? That's after I preached. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me this afterwards that this is what he had said. Oh my uh, lord. It's all right. Because I struggle with the language, but it but all that did was made me discipline myself more. Yeah, you know, and learn more, and obviously listen to good preachers, and then form my own outline, 
and then just trust God in the process. You know, you're pretty fluent now in both in yeah, Spanish and God English. I'm pretty, I'm pretty fluent. I was I was a very just line, just read a note and just talk about it. And then mm -hmm. I remember one time my pastor had a fly out and he had no one to put on Sunday. So he kind of had no choice but to put me. <laughs> so he kind of like, well, <laughs> you know, are you willing to do it? And I'm like, sure, you know. And uh, I remember that Sunday I preached and I, I preached different. Something happened spiritually. Yeah. You know, I felt it when I was preaching. Mm -hmm. uh, it was actually a, a, a copy of T.D. Jake's message I preached. Uh, when I preached it <laughs> Everybody, <Spanish>. everybody's <laughs> done that. Everybody's <laughs> done that. Yeah. So, but, but the church really received it and... That day, I felt something happened in the spiritual world as far as my preaching and the way I preach. And then now, after that, obviously, I just kept, you know, being trained in it. How would you describe your preaching style? My preaching style? Uh, well, definitely it's prophetic um, as far as, you know, and, and the reason I say that is because a lot of people say, wow, you know, what you preach really ministered to me. It's yeah. what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So it's really a message that one of the things that I, I disciplined myself was not just to give information in the sermon, but to also apply it to the people. Yeah. And then involve myself in it. You know, yes. like uh, simply saying, you know, we, we go through a lot of situations, you know, yes, we deal yes. with a lot of problems and connect myself with the people and then make the script, the scripture connect to them, you know, yeah. you know, break it down in a way that they can understand. Okay. This is talking about me. When, when in a sermon, do you know you got them? You, when when is it in a sermon? Like, is there is there is there usually a time when you know, oh man, I'm I'm this is this is working, this is flowing. Yeah, there's times. Um, in, in the beginning, I I used to think it was when people are you know praising and, mm -hmm. and shouting. And, yeah. But then I learned a lot of times that they might not shout, but they're understanding exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So I had to I had to lose my perspective on uh, the way the people react. Because yeah, if people then react a certain way. I start preaching harder because I think they're not getting it, <laughs> and then I'm I'm tired and I'm screaming <laughs> and I'm sweating, you know, yeah. and it's kind of like for nothing because they understand what I'm saying. So I had to understand that in the beginning, there's different crowds you go through, different type of people, different cultures, yeah. and everyone reacts different. So you got to kind of obviously know your crowd. Um, but a lot of times, to answer your question, when I'm preaching and I know I got them, it's usually I don't have to say it. And they already know what I'm going to say. Yes. Oh. So that's when, okay, I know they're they're kind of ahead of me. Okay, yes. they know where I'm going. They're kind of just waiting for me to say it. <laughs> that's when I know, you know, that, that I got them. Okay, they, they fully understand what I'm saying. Oh, man. And that is such an amazing feeling. Uh -huh. As a human being, when you when you can feel God using you and it's and it's yeah. and it's stirring up the room and uh, you as a preacher you get excited you yeah know, but you have to contain yourself because that's gotta right be like, yeah, I'm, I'm preaching you know you want to laugh with them i've you seen wanna, you know praise too i i've <coughs> seen i've seen you struggle with translators that 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 can't keep it together yeah right? yeah We're, definitely they get so excited with what you're saying <laughs> yeah. you're trying you lose your translators for a minute I do, I do, yeah. <laughs> they get involved in the message. <laughs> That's I had, good. To, I had to set a translator down one time. Yeah. He, he was too involved. Yeah, uh, so yeah, said, yeah. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Because there was a sister who was in the in the crowd who was actually translating a little better. Uh -huh. she's, she's shouting it out. <laughs> yeah. I said, brother, thank you for your help. I appreciate you. I think you're enjoying the message. When did you enjoy sister? <laughs> Will you mind coming up? And the sister came and did the rest of the half of the message. <laughs> Now, how long does it usually take you? And I know that every sermon is a, a unique experience, but uh, yeah. for the most part, how long does it usually take you to prepare a sermon? 
to prepare someone, if I got a subject, I, I usually, at least when I was pastoring, I would try, you know, I would start at least Tuesdays. And if yeah. I had the scripture, okay, I got the scripture, I'll try yep. to work with the title. Then, I, you know, every day I kind of did a little bit. Mm-hmm. Until finally I try to be done by Saturday and have it fully together. But in order for me to do a message, I need a scripture as a base. Right. That everything for me flows from the scripture. So it's not That's an idea. It, it, it's, it's it's a scripture to work. Yeah, it could be an idea, but then I have to apply a scripture for yeah. me to get revelation out of it. Okay. Got so it. a lot of preachers don't do that. They'll get an idea and they'll kind of put points together. And I do that too. But to me, I need a scripture that matches the title I'm preaching. And then everything for me revolves around that scripture. Beautiful. Because that's what I'm going to dig into the scripture and find a relation of the scripture. So if I have a scripture to me, I'm just kind of lost a little bit. So I'll, I'll try to think like, okay, what does this in the scripture relate yeah. to? Because as far as that's how I learned to preach off the text. Have you ever been nervous that what you're saying might be too out there? And you call somebody and say, yo, is this crazy? Or do you have someone that you call or, or, or when you know it's God, even if it's out there, you'll, you'll go for it? Yeah, yeah, sure. We all have, you know, preacher friends and, and we talk about issues that may, we could think is controversial. Uh-huh. Things, things that we feel shouldn't be set up from the pulpit, but say yep. between preachers. Mm-hmm. Because it'll be better understood, especially yep. with things that are, like I said, controversial that maybe hasn't been heard ever. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just looking at the scripture in a different point of view. Like I had a friend of mine who, who called me once to speak about uh, God was showing him something about Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Right. This was, this was a couple of years ago. And he's like, man, you know, I'm going to preach about Lazarus. But, you know, I believe that when Jesus, oh, he said, I felt God showed me when Jesus got to the tomb and he said, Lazarus come forth. Lazarus didn't des- resurrect at that moment. He already had resurrected. And I said, why you say that? He said, because when Jesus gets to the tomb, he doesn't pray for resurrection. He says, Father, thank you because I know you heard me. Yeah. So it was like a previous prayer Jesus huh. did. And he huh. just came to give thanks yeah. for what God had done. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't say Lazarus resurrect. Yep. Lazarus, I breathe life. And I said, you know what? I I, I believe that too. The scripture yeah, that's doesn't good. necessarily say that. Yeah. But I, so it was like just to point that example was something that he thought was a little different right and, and he it, wanted to run it by me to see what i thought as and i said wow you know what yeah that could be it because he didn't he said thank you because i know you always hear me yeah so he must have prayed previously and lazarus was just waiting for that command to come out yeah that's good yeah, that's so fantastic was, so it's just just to you know give an example of, of what you asked me yeah now now tell me what do you like about preaching and is there anything you don't like about preaching um what I like about preaching is obviously I like the fact that I can reveal the word of God yeah. to his people and they can understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't, don't like about preaching, I mean, as far as now, what I don't like about preaching is obviously the travel, being away from my you family. You travel a lot. Yeah. And that's the, the hardest part. Are you, um, out, I, are you yeah. out almost every weekend? At least three times a month I'm out. Wow. Um, these last weeks I was local, so I was, I was out, but I was in Florida. So I was able to take my kids with me to the church. So my kids, they already know. They're like, dad, what church are we going to today? <laughs> I'm like, it's a new church. You've never been there. The first thing they ask is, 
do they have kids class? I'm like, yeah, I don't know, right. but I'll find out. <laughs> so when I go to the churches, the first thing I do is talk to the deacon. They got kids class here? Okay, what age is Okay. So then I tell my kids, you got kids class. Yeah. So then my, my daughter's happy. She just wants to go. So then if they like the church or the kids class, they'll say, mm-hmm. Dad, we like this church. Can we, we can come, come again back. next week? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll no. be somewhere else next week. <laughs> but but outside of the travel, there's nothing that you don't, um, you, you feel comfortable saying things that will make people uncomfortable. You 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 don't have a problem with that. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, obviously, I've been preaching over 20 years. So I'm yeah. at a point where, I mean, obviously, I'm always, I'm always conscious, like, may, I can say this a, a different way not to yeah. offend, mm-hmm. because I understand that some people just are not on the same level. Yeah. Uh, but when the Holy Spirit takes over, you know, you really don't have time to think about that. You, after you hear yourself preach, yeah. you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. When Why you go back and hear it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I'm you sure know, you went through it too. But you know that it's the Lord and you know that. You know that, it's God. Yeah. You know, but normally under normal conditions, we wouldn't say things like that. No, no, definitely not under the, not under the anointing. We won't. What, who, are you, come under anointing. who are your favorite preachers? Who are the people that you're enjoying that are active, active right now? Uh, it's Spanish, English, whatever. Yeah, my favorite preachers. I mean, to me, you know, Jake's is the goat to me. You know? He's he's, he's the best ever. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the greatest of all time. I mean, he won't never. This I I listen to everybody. You know, yeah. a little bit of everybody, mm-hmm. but he's kind of the the one I always go back to. Yeah. I think he's the only one that that feeds me as a preacher. Hmm. As a preacher, everybody else I can hear. You know, especially if there's different topics. Yep. Um, and I listen to them and, and, and I like it and I get edified and I, and I get stuff too. Uh, but to me right now still is, is, is Jake's. I think yeah. he still has it. He changed a lot, but he still has, you know, the, the, the profoundness that I need as a preacher that I relate to his messages. So yeah. And preaching has changed in the last five years. I mean, yeah. as far as when I grew up, you know, we were very, uh, emphatic on text preaching. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to come out the text. It had to be profound. It had to yes. be, you know, you're not getting that too much now from people. And the and but there are people having success. They're growing, yeah. mm-hmm. and so the shift has changed from bringing a good sermon to bringing a good church lifestyle that the community can understand. Yeah, that, that, and I think most pastors are doing that kind of preaching, where where evangelists and 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 people that have to travel prophets, they're doing, they're still doing more of what you. What you right. do, pastors are trying to build principles, help people grow, you know, so they're, because you guys have, you guys have one sermon or mm-hmm. maybe a weekend. Yeah. We, we can, we can spread out the thought over a month. Exactly. Exactly. Local yeah. pastors. So, so it's different. It is a different approach. And I, I think, agree. I mean, back then it was, you connected through the sermon. Yeah. That's kind of the only connection we knew. Like the, the best was you connect through the sermon. Oh my God. And that's why you even had people who, would, would let out their frustrations through the sermon yeah. because that's the way they were taught to connect with the people. But, but that's changed. Now yeah. we connect through small groups, you know, we connect yeah. through outings, we connect through, you know, just doing things to reach the community, free events. So the way church is being run and dealt has changed in the yes. last 10 years yes. dramatically. And the people that at least are having success in the kingdom, um, as far as growth for numbers, are really doing church a whole different way. That's really shocking a lot of people that we would never think that this may, may, to be honest with you, there's a lot of pastors who are having success that I never heard of in my life. Right. And these are guys, these are guys that are, that are not, 
necessarily what 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 we would traditionally call great uh-huh. preachers. Exactly. But but they have a word that's relevant. Uh, they're comical. They they yeah. they they have insight, and people and people like it. Uh, and they're connecting with them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, now, Eric, I'm going to let you go in a, just a couple more minutes. But have yeah. you ever have you ever refused to give a message? Refused to 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 say something that God told you? Has that ever, at least initially, been like, no, I'm not saying that, Lord? <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, yeah, definitely in the beginning. Um, and I think it wasn't because I wasn't wasn't um, it was a message that I didn't want to say. It was more of my insecurity as. Is mm. it me or is it God saying it? Oh, okay. And it be and because it's so maybe controversial, I don't, you know, I'm like I don't know if that's God. Now, obviously, <laughs> through the experience, yeah, I've learned if it's some real controversial, I'll say it in private, not from the pulpit. Mm. You know, and still get the message across. Now, listen, um, you wrote a book called Fathers of the Kingdom, yeah. and, and you've been part of a couple of other books, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Did Fathers of the Kingdom come from a sermon? Yeah, Did, actually, every, it started every, off. Every chapter was a sermon. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, every chapter was a sermon. And then you just brought them together, and 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 you wrote the book. And wrote the book, exactly. Yep. Wow, wow. Now, how can people get that? Is that book available on Amazon yeah, and all it's that? It's on Amazon. Fathers of the Kingdom. You have on a Kindle version and a paperback. And how can people get in touch with you if someone wanted to reach out to you? They can reach out through social media, Eric Fontenay Sr. SR, Eric Fontenay SR, or through ericfontenay.org, our website. Awesome, man. Well, listen, I'm so glad you gave me a few minutes of your time. Uh, you are my first guest on Can I Get an Amen? Uh, because you, really, but I mean it, you are one of my favorite preachers. Amen. <laughs> but, also, but also, you're one of my favorite people, which Amen. makes it, you, you know, double. I mean, I, I love you, man. I love the way you are with your family, with your friends. You're, you're down to earth. You're real. And uh, I appreciate you, man. I love you. Love you too, Bishop. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez. You can subscribe to our podcast at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com or wherever you're listening. We'll see you next time.